Hello, and welcome to Marriage Unchained, the art of one flesh, where saving marriages, saving families, and saving souls is the flavor of the day. Now, let's join our host and author of Marriage Unchained, Catholic Alpha Radical, Jerry Jacobs, Jr. Hello, gentlemen, and welcome to Catholic Alpha Radical Live, a podcast that helps you fix your Catholic marriage, while also giving you winning tactics for marriage problems, girlfriend problems, and intimacy problems for men. But moreover, with my main mission is to keep you out of divorce court and for marriage unchained, the art of one flesh divorce combat coaching is the flavor of the day while also helping men understand marriage and courting, not dating, in the Catholic faith. Why? Because dating is for sex and courting just plain is for marriage. In this 159th episode, 18 ways to become the spiritual leader in your home for respect, love, devotion, and trust, part three, plus live phone calls from you answering your marriage in crisis questions. So, Get in that cue for some resolution to your marriage confusion. And so, as we always do, we are up to our quote of the day. Quote, Christian soldier, the spiritual battle is upon you. No longer can you remain aloof. You are made for combat, made to fight the inner spiritual battle against evil daily. The time has come to be a man of courage, to don your armor, pick up your shield, unsheathe your sword, in preparation of the upcoming physical battle. And for whom do you battle? The battle for Christ, the battle for your marriage, the battle for your family. And if you have anything left, the battle for your very soul. End quote. Catholic Alpha. I've helped hundreds of men in their marriages. Allow me to help you in yours. Get live Catholic marriage help Tuesday through Thursday, 10 a.m. Eastern, for some resolution to your marriage confused. Hey, 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 we are back for this Thursday morning. So let's get rocking on our part three of the 18 ways to be the spiritual head in your family to give back that respect, love, devotion, and trust. Because you always had it, didn't you? You used to have it. You used to have it. When you first got married, everything was good. You started having kids. Everything was still good. That first kid, that second kid. And then if you're Catholic, that fifth, sixth, or seventh, or eighth, ninth, tenth, eleventh, twelfth, thirteenth, fourteenth, fifteenth kid. <laughs> and, you know, everything was great at first, but somehow it just kind of went down. You know, you and your wife kind of got a little bit separated, a little distant from each other. And then you look up a year later, five years later, 10, 15 years later, and you don't really quite know what happened. And one of the things that must be talked about is you and your wife just got too comfortable with each other. You did. You got too comfortable with her and she got too comfortable with, comfortable with you. You know, remember there was a time where there's no way in hell you would fart in front of your wife. <laughs> That's right. I said it to, to line up things up a little bit this morning. That's right. I said it. Never would you have done that when you're dating. Never. But now, hmm. <laughs> so what we got to do is figure out what happened. So what happened was you got comfortable, probably neglected her a little bit, you know, and then that became a habit, you know, and then you started going to work. That became a habit of working, you know, over, over eight hours a day, maybe 10 or 12 hours a day, sometimes 16, you know, and you just got you know, involved in your pleasure and, you know, trying to golf and fish and watch NFL and NBA and all the college games, the, you know, all the games and all the races that you could watch because you kind of started feeling like, what am I here for? And so your wife, that's how she started feeling. And so now we get to the point of our respect is gone as a man. Our love is dwindling. 
you know, our devotion from our wife and kids. And then, of course, the big one, the trust. Um, and so what we're going to do is try to talk about 18 ways that you as a man can get that back to really start to understand that you are the example and stop listening to the world and stop letting the world teach you how to be a man. Stop letting the world teach you what God, what you know in your heart is given to you by the Holy Spirit of what a man should be and listen to that and start setting an example, influence your environment because that's what you're called to do, man. It's really, it really is. And so um, after the break, um, we're going to go into the 18 things. I'm going to review the first nine and then we're going to finish up with the last nine. Um, but the main thing is, man, that you guys really try your best to understand where I'm coming from. Everybody wants to be great. We do. We want to be great, but you know the problem? We don't want to work for it. Everybody wants to be a famous. They don't want to work for it. Everybody wants to be a great musician. They don't want to work for it. The place where you can be great in your, in your home and it means something to the world is your family. Influence your family, man. Create a great marriage. That is how you, that's how you as a man can be great. And it takes hard work, but it, the payoff is really magnificent. And if you can get that in your head that you are valuable, but you only become valuable when you do something, when you take action, not sitting there thinking, you know, you know, filling yourself with all this fluff, but how, you know, how I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. Because, man, really, most wives get to the point where they don't want to hear it no more. They don't want to hear what's coming out of your mouth. They want to see action. And when that happens, you better show some action or you will lose something very valuable. So we will be back. Hang with me, fellas. We're going to rock this. And I hope today is a show that you look to um, when things get a little uh, get a little down and not the way they're supposed to be. Bam. If you're getting value from this podcast and would like more personal marriage help, visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com. If you're getting value from this podcast and would like more personal marriage help, If you're getting value from this podcast and would like more personal marriage help, visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an opportunity to work with me personally for free. Yes, within 30 days, learn how to become a better husband that attracts your wife back to you. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com and get a plan tailored specific to your marriage and situation. I've helped hundreds of men in their marriages. Allow me the chance to help you using my personal and gained experience. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for superior coaching for your marriage. Again, SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com. That's SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com to become the man God created you to be and the husband your wife needs. Lastly, I always get the question, why don't you help women? And I always answer them, I do. So, for all of you beloved wives out there that want to reignite that feeling of emotional closeness and complete love from your hubby, consider marriage coaching and visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an improved marriage within 30 days. Okay, so I'm having some uh, intermittent technical problems today, and I have no idea what it is, but hey, that's the way things work out. So we're going to try to work our way through it. Um, so we are here, and so look, so man, check it out. I know a lot of the things I'm going to talk about are, are hard, but what we got to do is understand is you try to build on things. The main problem that I see with myself um, is what I do is I get, I tend, you know, once I get things, sometimes I start to not, um, to think, well, okay, I don't have to go any further. 
And that's how a lot of men are. It's like that's in us some kind of way. Where like, oh, I got this. I don't have to do that. I'm, I'm good now. I don't have to worry about it no more. And the problem with that is with our marriage, we can't do that. With the relationship with our children, we can't do that. You know, um, because they, they, they take constant, constant, constant maintenance. Um, and so, but the first thing is a lot of guys say, Jerry, that's a lot of stuff. It is. But what you do is you do the things you start and then you do something. And then a month or so you, you add something else. And then a month or so you add something else. And then next year you add something else. It's a growing process. You're not going to do all of these things at the same time. It, it would, it would wear you out. But if you, but you look up three, four five years from now, and you are doing all of these, these things. The main thing is God is the same as your marriage and your children. It's a maintenance type of thing where I always have to be moving towards God. If I'm not moving towards God, I'm moving away, right? You've heard the old saying, man, either you're on the side of God or you're on the side of Satan. So if you're not moving towards God, you're basically moving towards Satan. That's kind of the saying. Um, and it's really, if you think about it, it's true because we get in a habit we get in the habit of being lazy of, well, I don't feel like doing that today. Or, you know, and then you look up two years from now and you ain't been, to, you ain't been to mass in, in, in a year or you ain't been to mass in, in, in a six months or two months or something, you know, you haven't prayed, you know, and, and then we wonder, well, what's going on in our, what's going on in our home? What's going on in our home is we as men and husbands are not on our job and it's hard. I know it's hard, but the main thing of it is it becomes a habit that you can get used to. This whole thing is about habits, man. Bad habits and good habits. If you, you, you're going to make bad habits if you don't do what you're supposed to do, and you're going to get in the habit of doing good things when you get in the good habits. Okay? So with that being said, know that uh, some of these things, these are just my things. These are things that I have seen over my years of of uh, being in Catholic Alpha and, and all that kind of stuff. And this is uh, and look, looking at other Catholic men who are very strong and, and other Catholic women who are very strong in their faith. And these are just kind of things that I come across that, that I know that work, that I know that draws me closer to God, which means when I my family becomes better. Okay? And I know there's some of us that we have a family where, you know, some people are Catholic and some people are Protestant, you know, and how do you deal with that? You deal with that by being the best example of a man that you can. That way your kids will listen to you and you can kind of guide them where they need to be. And then there are some families where none of the kids are in are, are in are in the Christian faith at all. That is terrible. And I know it hurts a lot of parents, but that's the fruit of our labor, right? That's the fruit of our labor. But we've got to be patient with them and try to guide them. And if they see you, like you heard in the statistics on um, part one and part two, if they see daddy doing it, huh? it must be important. And it doesn't matter if your kids are all grown either. It doesn't matter if they're little kids. They always look to the father. And if he's doing it, it must be important. And that's just not me talking. That's statistics. Oh, huh? And it just happens to be the way God set it up. Okay. So try your best to embrace what I'm saying. Try to keep an open mind. Try to understand that you can be that man that you want to be, but you got to do it in with action. And action sets an example. Then that makes your wife come along and you and her get on the same page. When you and your wife get on the same page, then you and her can attack the kids better which means that you can get them to do what you need them to do. You can discipline them together. You can love them together. And then that's kind of how it flows, man. Okay. And it doesn't matter again, how old your kids are. They could be young teenagers, young adults, or middle age. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. This stuff works, man. Okay. Growing closer to God is how you do it. Okay. So here are some of the eight, here are the 18 things that I, that I've come across that I've done that I, I think I do all of them by now. Um, but that's me. That's another, another thing. Oh my God. I'm so glad I heard. I'm talking of course you hear me say, push yourself to the limit. Like you push yourself and, 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 and embrace these things, but don't judge yourself on a person who's like been doing, been, been, been a strong Catholic for, we'll say 20 years and you're just starting out. You, you can't judge yourself like that because, Man, that's one of the trap I fell into 
Because <laughs> I wasn't a cradle Catholic. I grew up, you know, like I don't even know. I don't even know if I, I don't even know if I was Baptist or I don't even know. I wasn't nothing really. But anyway, you know. And so when I finally became a Christian and a strong Catholic, I started, I started going, oh man, I'm behind. I'm like behind. I got to catch up with everybody. So I started doing, you know, I started really doing all this stuff and getting on fire for Christ and doing all this stuff, man. And of course, you know, I got tired, but I I kept going. But my point of what I'm saying to you is you've got to go at your pace. Once you get the habit of something of, of, of something built down, I mean, of something down, then you add something else. That's the most important part. Do not sit on your laurels. Once you get close to God, the Blessed Mother, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, the saints, you know, once you start getting into all these things, then you you then you add a little at a time. A little like my thing is marriage. Your thing might be apologetics where you know you want to you want to evangelize the faith. You want to learn the faith and push it out to everybody. My thing is marriage. Somebody else's might be abortion, like pro-life. You know, everybody has their thing that pushes them toward God. Um, and we're going to go into that. So number one, the first now we're going to go through them pretty quick. Um, number one, place God at the top of your mind, always striving for holiness, sainthood, perfection. Again, I talked about that. Always push yourself towards God. Do not relax. Do not become lukewarm. So Christ would vomit you out of his mouth. Does that scripture sound familiar? Number two, Prayer throughout the day, offering up your sufferings and uniting them with Christ, asking for the grace to endure. This is a hard one in that you have to remember to do it, right? If I stub my toe, I should offer that pain up through Christ for my wife, right? But I I forget. <laughs> you know, if I if I pick up a piece of paper off the ground, that's a suffering, you know. And so, oh, my God, I got to offer that up for my wife. Offering up your prayer and your heart, mind, and soul when you are suffering is a great, great grace. Okay. Um, and, and a lot of people don't look at picking up a piece of paper as, as, as a suffering. It is a suffering. You know why? Cause I got to bend down there and do it. And I don't want to do it. Right. Anything that you don't want to do is a suffering because why you have to use your will to get you to do it. Right. Hey, to sit. I love Star Trek. Right. I don't have to look to sit there and watch Star Trek all day for 18 episodes in a row. That is like, I don't have to use my will for that. I love that. That's a, that's a pleasure for me. I like it, right? But if I got to get up and go wash the dishes, man, that's a suffering. Who wants to sit there and watch dishes for an hour, okay? Number three, attending daily mass, often seven days a week. So again, the Catholic Church, you can go to mass seven days a week. Sunday is the big hoopla, but then the other six days of the week are a lower form of the mass of church, of ser of the service, and but you still get the Eucharist and you still get to be with Christ and all of that stuff. So you can go to mass. Usually the, the, the thing is you can um, you can um, uh, I think you, you could take the Eucharist up to twice a day. Um, but so but in, like in, in everywhere in the world, most all Catholic churches have two or three uh, services or masses a day. OK, so that's something else for you to think about. Number four. Read scripture daily at least 15 minutes per day, okay? We should all, we say we love God. We say we want to grow close to him. So what do we have to do? We have to, you know, understand his word, get 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 the interpretation of his word. So read scripture 15 minutes a day, okay? And look, that's something you got to build up to, man. Don't go in there trying to read scripture a half hour a day, an hour a day, and then in, in, then in a month you quit. So that's why God said, look, 15 minutes a day, start out there, build up to the 15 minutes, maybe start out just reading a passage, then read, then read another passage in a page, you know, until you get up to 15 minutes. And then if you want, then you build up to, to, to 20 minutes, you know, however, because every, like I said, everybody has their thing that they like to do to grow them closer to God. And that's the great thing about the faith, man, especially the Catholic faith, man, you have all these tools and sacramentals and all of these prayers and all of these things that, that you, you know, that you can do that you can find that can help you to, to, to move toward, to, toward holiness. Okay. So next number five, read the catechism of the Catholic church which is a sacred tradition. Remember, there's, there's sacred scripture and then there's sacred tradition. So basically the church uh, interpreted 
scripture. And so then we have the catechism and within the catechism is the interpretation of scripture for the most part um, of sacred tradition of things that we can and can't do. It explains things the way God wants us to see it in a more and more of a, um, of a, uh, a more readable form, and it's the Catechism of the Catholic Church is is just if that is my favorite book still, it's my favorite reference book. It's my favorite book. Um, it's one of the things when I really want to start growing closer to God because I can understand what's in it. Okay. Next six, study and embrace the lives of the saints. We talked about that the other day. You know, remember Saint Paul and Saint Joseph, Saint. Um, Padre Pio, St. Teresa of Lejeune, all of these are saints that were just normal people that grew into holiness that once they died, the church uh, made them saints, okay? And so the lives of the saints, that means that you learn the lives of the saints and you find one that, uh, that you identify or a bunch of them that you identify with. And you learn their story and that helps draw you closer to God and to see, yes, I'm a heathen right now, but I don't have to be a heathen five years from now. I could be a holy, uh, I can grow in holiness and, and, and sanctity to, 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 so that me and God can come on the same page more and I can love him more. The saints are very valuable for that. Okay. Number seven, start an apostolate, a ministry to evangelize your environment. This is huge. This is huge. Just like with me, and I, and I use me as an example, but there are so many men and women out there that have started apostolates, man, ministries that have just changed the world, dude. Just think about, just look at, look at, pro, just look at the pro-life movement that was started by Catholics. One person, one person started that, and then look at it today. People all over the country, all over the world, and they got Roe versus Wade reversed. Do you know how much grace that is? How much greatness that has given the country and the world? Just by one person start a ministry and had no idea what they were doing. Because I tell you, when I started, I had no idea what I was doing either. <laughs> but that one person got Roe versus Wade overturned through their love and devotion to God. And look, they are saving millions of babies a year now. Can you understand the magnitude of that? And this is what I'm saying to you as a man, as a husband, as a father. First of all, you get your family right, right? You get your wife loving you again, and you loving her, and you guys be that trinity with you, your wife, and God. Then you spread it to your children, and then your family's rocking and rolling, and then you go, man, I want to spread this to other people. And then you're, you know, you find out what you want to do. You know, you can start a ministry like me. I started Catholic Alpha because I'm a married. I'm, I'm, in, I'm devoted to marriage. It's my thing, you know. But yours in the church, it might be something else, right? It might be um, the Mass, like the Latin Mass. There's a lady that is called uh, Regina Magazine, and her thing is the Latin Mass, and she spreads the Latin Mass throughout the world with her magazine. I mean, man, there's so many things that you can do. Like uh, relics, you can start a, a thing about for relics and, and explaining relics and what they are and all of that. The thing about the Catholic Church and Christianity, man, is it's so vast. It's so vast, and if you can... And if you can just attach to something that you're passionate about, you could change the world as well as change your family. Okay. Now that's that next. Um, number eight, embrace leadership in your parish or, or your church, sit on committees, mold your church using your gift of masculinity, attend events, get involved. There's another thing that men have a problem with. Stuff needs to be done in our church, and what do we do? We sit around, don't do nothing. Oh, I got to go to work. Oh, I'm tired. I don't want to do it. I got to drive an hour back to get it. I got to drive an hour home and drive an hour back. I'm not doing nothing. Sit in the mass with our hands crossed like this, or we like this. We're not listening to the priest. We're not, we're not even trying to participate in what's going on. Man, that's from hell. That's from hell. Just think, if you're a man and you're like that, think of, think of a guy that's like that. Kids are looking at kids are looking at that dude, aren't they? His kids are looking at him. So if 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 I'm a I'm a husband and I'm not excited 
about God and about going to mass and getting there early and get myself prepared, then how do we expect our kids to be on fire about it? Even when you are as a man on fire about it, your kids are still, you know, they still dragging, right? But that goes to the point of you are the catalyst. You are the key to this, to your family. And if you can try one of the things Father Ripperker says that I really respect, he says, if you can get your kid to pray the rosary every single day before they're 18, man, they are pre they are on their way to heaven for real. And they'll pray for the rest of their life. Of course, Jerry started late. <laughs> I, didn't, I started late, but I tried. But one thing, and then another thing too, don't let because you start something late, don't let that discourage you, right? The faith is vast. God will forgive you. God loves you. He has a plan for you. And you'll see, man, if once you start attach yourself to something that the church that 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 in the in your in your parish, in your church, man, people will surround you. Women, women and children are begging for masculine men. They're begging for it. They are. I can't tell you how many women come up to me and said, oh, my God, you know, your sons are so, you know, they're good. They're manful. They're respectful, you know. And, and so what we try to do, man, all of us, we should we should try to be authentic, true men, which means what? Mirror Christ, mirror St. Joseph. And and you'll see, man, what will happen. You you will people will come to you. They'll respect you. They will they will look to you for advice. They were they were they will help you. They will come to you to help lead the church, their church and stuff. You know, another thing, people won't respect won't respect. That's one of our main things, but we don't want to do anything to get it. People think you should people should just respect you. That's not how it works. When you take action and you and you show you care, then people latch on to that. They really do, you know. And so this is what I'm saying. In your church, just pick, you know, you could be in the choir. You could be on a parish council. You could be, you could, you know, be in Knights of Columbus or a men's group. You can do, there are a lot of things that you could do. Start out with just one thing, but give back. Give back to everything that God is giving you, and you'll see it'll start to come back and fold, okay? So now let's go with number nine. On Sundays, participate in the mass service, perform the readings, canter, lead the altar boys, take up the collection, usher, join the choir, just be seen. Show the women we are there, be an example to other men. Okay, that is important too. Like when you at your church are at mass, man, take up the collection, volunteer to do that, volunteer to lead the rosary. Volunteer to, um, you know, during the mass, uh, what else do people do? Usher, like sit people and stuff, you know, uh, 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 volunteer to, to lead the kids or lead Sunday school or whatever. Just come outside yourself, man. Come outside yourself and you will see your wife will be proud. She'll start from the announced up, oh, my husband, you know, people, people will come to your wife and say, you know, your, your husband, he's so good and he's really doing a great job with this and a great job for that. And that makes women feel good that their husband is somebody that is doing good in the church and, and, and people respect. And that's a reflection on her, right? Because when a man does good, that reflects on his family and especially his wife. When a wife is, 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 uh, does good, that reflects on the husband and the children, right? It's a team. And so your wife will love that. But men, we get in this thing where we're lazy. We don't want to do nothing. You know, if it ain't golfing, we ain't trying to do it. If it ain't going to target practice, <laughs> you know, all I'm asking is, like I said, you, you don't want to do all these at once, but man, little at a time, little at a time. Number 10, a 10 confession frequently, uh, Mortal sin immediately, venial sins monthly. Now look, I know you you Baptists and and you and you Presbyterians and you you know you guys are not going to understand what I'm why what that that's so important. But I'm not going to go into that deep today. But I'm mainly talking to the Catholics on this one. So look, man, you, you got to get to confession, baby. You got to get to confession. You gotta you gotta get that that mortal sin that stuff off your chest, off your shoulders, 
so that you can go out and properly evangelize the world, evangelize your family. If you got all this weight on your shoulders of mortal sins, which remember we, I did like what? How many shows did I do on that? Five shows or something like that I did on mortal sin. If we got this weight of Satan on top of us, how can we go out and, and, and influence the world, influence our environment, influence our family? We can't. So we go to our priest and we ask for absolution and we ask God for forgiveness. And all of a sudden, this is big weight, all of us. I know guys ain't been confessing in 40 years. Then they'll go and go, oh, my God, I can't believe it. It's, it's a whole thing. Confession, gentlemen, is a sacrament. It's a grace. Okay, you get the Christ made that a grace in the church. Okay, so you need that. You need that to lead your family. Okay. Number 11, frequent adoration. So get yourself in front of the Blessed Sacrament daily. So again, in the Catholic Church, what we have is in every church in the whole world, there is Jesus Christ is in it, and it's through the Eucharist, okay? It's the body and blood of God, of God, body and blood, body and blood of God, the wine and the bread, okay? Um, and so priests, when they consecrate, the blood, the body and blood that becomes the actual body and blood of Jesus Christ. And so when, when Catholics go to mass throughout the world, it's over 1.3 billion Catholics. Um, and so we go throughout the world, every church you go to, there's Jesus Christ in there. That's the difference between a Protestant church and a Catholic church. Okay. Now, so adoration is where, like I said, you can go to a Catholic church seven days a week. You go inside the sanctuary and you can sit there and be with Christ all day long if you want, as long as that church is open. And even when it closes, a lot of priests, they so beautiful and they understand God so much and they want you to be whatever time. They'll have it open 24 hours where you can go in the, you can go in the sack in, the, in, the, um, in that chapel anytime you want, seven days a week. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful, man? We call it adoration, where you go in and you do your prayers. You sit with God. A lot of times you're the only one in there. And that's why I try to have men. Every man needs a place that they can go during the day where they can be at peace, where they can just be them and their God. And they sit there and they just meditate on it and relax 15 minutes, a half hour, an hour. Okay. Remember in scripture where Jesus Christ was in the agony of the garden and he was praying and then he went back and old Peter and them sleep. <laughs> he says, hey, man, can't y'all stay awake with me for one hour? Just one hour can you spend with me? See, that is one of the proofs of adoration. It's biblical. You know, Christ is asking, was asking them, can you stay with me for one hour? Can you come visit me for one hour? And that's why adoration is so important. You go to adoration, it will get into your heart, your mind, and your soul. It will give you peace. It will take away a lot of your depression and anxiety. This is why you hear me say that before you go to a doctor and you start getting all doped up and drugged up, you know, let prayer, let God do his work first. Go to God and get your prayer regiment right. Get your spiritual warfare right. Get your confession going. Get your adoration going. You know, let God do his thing first, because sometimes that's all it is. It is said that a good Catholic life will keep you out of, out of, if you do it right, a good Christian and Catholic life, the sacraments will, will, will carry you through life. It will, it will help you. It will, it will give you peace if you do it right. And that's all I'm asking you to do is consider what I just said. Before you send your kids to get doped up, by some doctor that's all, which I, I respect doctors, but you know, they, they, they basically druggies <laughs> today, you know, get, you know, give your kid drugs, give your wife drugs. And then that, what does that do? Numb you. It numbs you up and you can't really fu function, but Hey, you're not, you're not harming nobody or whatever that the drugs do. All I'm asking is before you do that, man, get your kids to church, get your kids to mass every Sunday. Get your kids praying a prayer ready. Get your wife, try to get your wife to pray every day. Try to get, you know, try to um, can go to confession and get that weight off your kids, get them off them and off your wife and off yourself. You know, you pray for them. You do spiritual warfare for your children and for your wife. See, let God do his job first. Then, then 
of course, then you got to see a therapist. Now, believe it or not, even even I've heard exorcists say that, not just Father Ripperger, you know, Father Lampert too. They all say it. Every mental illness is not, um, doesn't require, is not, you know, um, is not is not medical. And just like every mental illness, it's not a demon possessing you. So that's why they have, exorcists have these tests that they do to determine if someone is possessed or not. And if they aren't, and if it is a mental illness, then what you do is then they send you, then they say, listen, do, you know, do these prayers, you do this, and then go see a psychiatrist, a psychologist, psychiatrist. Okay. What I don't like is when pastors and priests who are supposed to be our leaders and people who we're supposed to go to, and we have marriage problems and we have problems in our personal life that we need their help. First thing they do these days is send us to a darn psychiatrist. I didn't want to go to my psychiatrist. I want to come to you. And it's not fair. It's not fair. So what I'm asking you to do is before you go to a psychiatrist and, and, and look, the psychiatrist will be happy you did it too. Because that'll let them know that you really do have a, a serious mental issue that really he, that, that he can help you with. Maybe you don't need medication. That's another thing. Just don't let your psychiatrist dope you up on medication before he, you know, he, before he works with you and, and, and see if this is really what you need. Because medication is toxic. It'll, it causes diabetes and heart disease and cancer and all that stuff and side effects. So why do you want to put that stuff in your head? Okay, so all I'm asking you to do as a man, as a husband, as a father, talk to your wife, get your kids, you know, get them in the prayer regimen, get them going to mass, get them um, or lead them towards God. And then if 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 prayer over three to six months and going through that stuff doesn't work, then, yeah. And, and the exorcist will say the same thing. Then, yeah, man, go and then try to get help from a doctor and, and, and go from there. OK. Next, um, number 12, study the faith. Oh, this is a great one. Study the faith. Read books, listen to Catholic radio, find holy men that are teaching and preaching the truth of the faith accurately and not watering it down to a single drop of rain. Listen to the podcast of holy men. Listen to YouTube channels of holy men. Okay, I'm saying holy men because you got to be careful who you listen to, right? We all know that one. You know, but study the faith, man. Get in scripture, get in the in the catechism, you know. Um, listen to um, you know, if you're like like me, you have having marriage problems, listen to me. Um, listen to, you know, read books on masculinity, on what Christ means by masculinity. Um, learn what the about the Ten Commandments and the interpretation of the Ten Commandments, learn the history of the church, learn your faith. That's what yesterday's show was about. If you listen. It was about, uh, you know, I don't, I am not the know all be all. I don't know a tenth of the church. I don't, of, of Catholicism. I don't. But you know what I did? I bring somebody in who has, who, who's a doctor and, and a master's or whatever, and they are a historian and a theologian and they have the knowledge. And so they can go deeper on the history of the church than I can on certain things. And so this is why I bring them in. I, my, I want you guys to learn your faith, to embrace Christ. How can you not? How can you love God and be passionate about God and about Jesus Christ if you don't know Him? If you don't have knowledge of Him, Scripture is important, but it's not everything. It's not everything of how you know God. Okay, like we talked about meditation, about praying rosaries and litanies and doing novenas and things like that. That meditate on the life of Christ and meditate on Scripture. All these things. It's a big litany of things that we as Christians, as husbands, have to do to get closer to God. And it's not just sitting there asking for stuff every day. It's not. That is not. I mean, that's important, but it's it's not how you grow closer to God. That's just asking for stuff, you know, and, um, you know, or that's just thinking about ourselves where we have to start to understand we've got to pray for others and that and our prayer starts for our wife and for our children, okay, and our family, okay? So, you know, radio, books, you know, the scripture, the catechism, um, all these things, you know, um, that you, and then a lot of people, 
another thing too is they listen. There's a there's a, a YouTube channel called Census Fidelium. Man, it is the probably the greatest. It's probably the greatest ac- accumulation of of priests in the history of the world on a platform that all they do is preach about the word of God every single video and all of it all of it is scripturally based all of it is from Christ himself that listen that is that will help you to get your faith together and if you just want to listen to those that's good too find something on there it's census fidelium it's latin so s e n s u s census fidelium f i d e l i u m I'm telling you, it will help to change your way of faith. Another thing, too, I use that for research, too. Like a lot of guys come to me and say, man, how do I get my wife to go to mass? How do I get my wife to get more into the, into the church? How do I get my wife to pray more? Okay, another thing is, man, think about it. A lot of times your wife, even though she loves you, she gets numb to you, right? Like, okay, you said something, but she didn't hear you, just like you do with her. And so sometimes when you hear another person say the same thing that you're trying to say to your wife or children, all of a sudden, especially your kids, they'll go, wow, I never knew that. And you're sitting there going, man, I said that to you for 18 years. I said that to you. <laughs> then some, some total stranger comes up to them and says the same thing you said. And they go, wow, that's an epiphany, dad. And you're going, What? I've been saying that to you for 20 years, man. <laughs> We've all had that with our kids. We've all had that one. But the way I've rationalized that is like I do in my program. You know, I we attack your wife and we attack Satan and we attack all of that stuff. You know, we attack it in all different angles and stuff. As a father, you keep preaching to your to your children, and then eventually it'll 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 settle in. They still might not get it or want to do it, but then when somebody else comes, that's from the Holy Spirit, probably, and they say it, all the stuff that you did comp compile with what they said clicks for your child, right? Clicks. And that's the same thing with your wife, and the same way my wife did for me when she was bringing me to the faith. It was the same thing. Okay, so where are we at? Next, uh, number 13, personal prayer time with you and God alone, at least 15 minutes per day. So um, that's an important one in that we are obligated to pray at least 15 minutes a day to God. We're obligated in Christ's church, in Christianity, in Catholicism. We are obligated to pray at least 15 minutes a day. So this is why you hear me talk about praying rosaries and litanies and and all these things, because it's hard to vocal prayer for 15 minutes. And plus, vocal prayer is not that strong. Remember, there are nine levels of prayer. Level one is vocal prayer. It's the least effective. So when I when I when we talk, when you hear people talk about meditative prayer, those are the rosaries, the litanies, divine mercy chaplets, all these kind of things that are very powerful prayers that have been proven to work over over millennium and centuries okay and so 15 minutes a day you know once you pray one rosary that's 15 20 minutes you've 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 done your obligation to god remember the faith is an obligation just like going to church every sunday is not a i is not a choice it's an obligation to your creator it's not uh, it's not something that I do it if I want to. It's I am obligated to go to church on Sunday and spend it with God. And that's what I'm supposed to do as a Christian. Every Christian is supposed to do that. Okay. Give God his due. Give God his time. Okay. Next, uh, at least 15 minutes of meditative prayer per day. The rosary, divine mercy chaplet, novenas. I've talked about that one. Okay. So. Personal prayer time with God, that's that's the beginning. Um, that's just the, that's just a general. But then if you want to if you want to bring it down to specific, then that's where you hear me talking about rosaries, divine mercy chaplet, novenas, um, and meditate of meditation on scripture and things like that. The light meditation on the life of Christ, meditation on, on our Father, 
medit- meditation on God himself. You'll see, man, once you start meditating and, you know, you'll see it. You'll understand. Next, uh, morning offering daily. So offering yourself in service to God daily. So a morning offering is basically when you wake up, your eyes open before your feet hit the ground. You thank God for allowing me to wake up. Thank God for the day. You know, like me, I, I, I'm in the habit of praying three Hail Marys when I open my eyes. So I'll wake up and first thing that hits my mind is I go, Hail Mary, full of grace. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. So the Hail Mary is a very powerful prayer. It's a prayer that's given that was given to um, St. Dominic by the Blessed Mother from her son, Jesus Christ. And so it's power. When you say three Hail Marys, a devotion to three Hail Marys, that is one of the pre, that is one of the predestinations that you're on the way to heaven. Okay. So you say that, you pray those things. And this is why you hear me say that some prayers are more powerful than other prayers. Like just sitting here going, oh, Jesus, can you please save my marriage and help my family and, you know, help me get a better job. I mean, that's that's good. Don't get me wrong. That's vocal prayer. But going, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not to temptation. Deliver us from evil. Amen. God, please offer that up for my wife. Which one of those is more powerful? Simple, ain't it? That's a simple answer, ain't it? So that's why prayer is important because prayers, certain prayers are proven to work more effectively than other prayers. This is why you hear uh, Catholics say that when you ask a, a saint to pray for you or you ask your sister to pray for you or your friend to pray for you, which one's more powerful? Like St. Joseph, the Blessed Mother. Um, if you ask uh, St. Padre Pio, if you ask uh, um, St. Um, Saint Joseph or St. Uh, um, Maximilian Kobe, if you ask those saints to pray for me, to pray for you, they're saints. Their prayers are more powerful than your friend's prayer. That's why you hear people say, St. Joseph, pray for me. Pray that God will make my marriage better, blah, blah, blah. And then the saints will go and petition Jesus Christ and God to answer your prayer. That's why the Blessed Mother is so powerful in spiritual warfare, because she's tasked to crush the head of Satan. It's in, um, darn it. See, I'm so bad with scripture, man. What's the last book? It's in Revelation. Okay. Um, And so. This is how we, we, we understand that things, certain things are more powerful in Christianity than others. Just like an exorcist who is tasked to, to, uh, to, re, to, to, to cast out demons in the church, is more, he is more powerful than a regular priest who is not, um, who is not tasked to do that in, in the archdiocese. So this is why I'm saying a lot of the, we've we've got to understand the levels of what we're dealing with, okay? So daily prayer, morning offering is when you get up, even if you, even if you just go, oh God, thank you for the day. You know, whatever you do before your feet hit the ground, you do a morning offering, thanking God for allowing you to wake up and thanking him for the day and things like that. There are plenty of prayers that that, that you can do. I'm just letting you know the stuff that I do, okay? And um Next, let me see. Uh, where are we at? Oh man, this is a good one. Daily examination of conscience, number 17. We're almost done. Uh, number 17, a daily examination of conscience. This will help purify your spirit as you look in the mirror at yourself each day and consider what you have done to offend God. So, Catholics call it a daily examination of conscience. I don't know what Protestants call it, but it doesn't matter. What you do at the end of the day, or like me, I do it during the day. I know I'm kind of anal about it. (laughs) But usually you do it at the end of the day, and you basically go through the Ten Commandments, and you analyze, what did I do during the day to offend God? And then you ask for forgiveness for that. If If it's a mortal sin, 
like say you murdered somebody, then you got to get your butt to confession tomorrow, right? Or immediately. If it's a venial sin or like you didn't, you you kind of did a small lie or something, you know, something really, really small, then you, you ask God for forgiveness on that. Okay. But it's all, but it's really about, it's really about you as a, as a Christian examining yourself and, 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 and molding your will to God. And so the way you do that is you look in the mirror at yourself every day. And it's hard for a lot of men, isn't it? How many men you know that nothing's ever their fault? It's always somebody else's fault, you know? Um, and so what we got to do is we have to look at ourselves every day so that we can understand how we offend God. Because once we, if we offend God, that means what? We're moving away from God. And when, if we move too far away from God, then he, he allows pain in our life. He allows the demons to bring pain in our life. And so we don't want that. And so this is why every day you hear Catholics, they talk about doing examination of conscience to make sure that I and God are on the same page, that our wills are together. Okay. It's a little complicated, but I hope I explained it a a, a better, a good. Um, The last one, uh, number 18, fasting. Woo, this is is, uh, very powerful. Fasting, begin the art of denying yourself every little pleasure. Fasting trains you in suffering, sacrifice, and denial of your urges. It matures you, teaches you perseverance, fortitude, discipline, and patience. It forges you into true man. If you want to be, if you are serious about about your Christian life, your Catholic life, Man, fasting is the way. It is, it is, it's not, Christ said there's only some demons that can be thrown out through fasting and prayer. So, and fasting is a very powerful thing. Catholics have been doing fasting since the beginning. Um, and the way you understand that is, man, when you, let's put it like this when you as a man, fast and you're offering uniting that suffering because remember fasting is a suffering prayer is a suffering okay that's why we don't like doing it right that's why nobody likes doing prayer prayer is a suffering it's a sacrifice that's why you get grace for it because nobody likes doing it right <laughs> but fasting is the same thing when you fast and you are, and unite that suffering with Christ for your wife, for your marriage, for whatever purpose that you want to use that for, or to the Blessed Mother, to, or to Jesus Christ to do with it what he wants to do in the world, your suffering has meaning, dude. Your suffering has meaning. This is another thing that's from hell. Oh, we're not, we shouldn't suffer. We're not supposed to suffer. Oh, it's it's bad when children suffer. It's bad when I suffer or or I'm suffering. No, suffering is good. Suffering draws us to Christ. Christ suffered because he wanted to suffer his will. So you're saying that we're better than that we're we're be- we don't suffer, so we're better than Christ? No. We're supposed to suffer, especially as men. It's our job. That's why we're not, as men, we're not supposed to be thinking about our feelings all the time. Because we, if, we, if we think about our feelings all the time, we're not going to want to suffer. We're going to push it away. So what I ask you to do is, is to get, is get a prayer regiment. That prayer regiment is a suffering. It draws you closer to God. It gets you grace. And so fasting is even more powerful than that. Because Jesus Christ willingly suffered and died for us, which is what every man is supposed to do for his wife. Look it up. Ephesians 5, verses 21 through 33. Die, a, a husband is supposed to die to himself and die for his wife as Christ died for the church. If women knew that, they could say, you know what? They would, they would confront their husband and they say, listen, I submit to you, I will. When you submit to Christ and they have a legitimate brief, don't they? Cause it's right there in scripture. It's right there. And women have a legitimate beef, but you don't even need to do that. 
If you do the things on this list that I'm talking about and you start uh, uh, giving your life away for God, you ain't got it. Your wife and never she'll never say that. She'll see it in you. And then what she'll do, she'll submit naturally. She'll submit because she wants to. She'll love you because she wants to. She'll love you and submit to you because she's compelled to. This is the beauty of the faith. This is the beauty of marriage. It really is, man, if you rock it right. Okay? So bring it all together. Again, prayer and devotion to God is not about your feelings and how you feel. The Catholic faith, Christianity, is a faith of the intellect, not feelings. This is a serious trap that can and usually does separate you from our Lord. When things get tough or we don't agree with his church and want to do our own thing, what at its, which at its core is selfishness, which will never allow us in eternity and the beatific vision with God himself. This is a recipe for disaster in your relationship with our Lord and his church, your wife and marriage, and your family in general. As you see, Satan's society has it wrong, don't they? The evil one realizes if he can demean you, get rid of you, remove your credibility as a man, he has your soul and the souls of your wife and children. The question is, will you allow this? Will you concede to failure, effeminacy, and emasculation? Or will you rise and become the warrior and Christian soldier for your family, influencing your environment, and entering the battle for your family daily? Because without you, your family is putty and at the will of the evil one. Society wants to proclaim you are toxic, weak, and unworthy to even be human. But you and I know better. Christ knows better. And if you embrace these concepts we've talked about today, your beloved wife and children would know better as well. And again, to see you as their hero, their knight in shining armor, willing to die for something far greater than himself. Bam. If you're getting value from this podcast and would like more personal marriage help, visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an opportunity to work with me personally for free. Yes, within 30 days, learn how to become a better husband that attracts your wife back to you. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com and get a plan tailored specific to your marriage and situation. I've helped hundreds of men in their marriages. Allow me the chance to help you using my personal and gained experience. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for superior coaching for your marriage. Again, SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com. That's SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com to become the man God created you to be and the husband your wife needs. Lastly, I always get the question, why don't you help women? And I always answer them, I do. So for all of you beloved wives out there that want to reignite that feeling of emotional closeness and complete love from your hubby, consider marriage coaching and visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an improved marriage within 30 days. All right, all right, and we are done for today, and I hope that you gentlemen got something out of that, and it really, if you did or you didn't, the main thing is it gets you to to, to consider, to contemplate, right? That's what this is all about. Um, again, have a great weekend, um, and we'll see you um, on the show next week, and as we always do, we end with a quote from Pope Benedict Sixteenth, which states, society offers you comfort, but you weren't made for comfort. You were made for greatness. Now go forth, Christian soldier. The spiritual fight is upon you. Fast, pray, and prepare for battle. 
Thank you for listening in today. If what you heard helped you in any way and you would like more personal attention, visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for superior marriage coaching. And remember to join the Catholic Alpha Radical Live podcast as a caller or listener every Tuesday through Thursday, 10 a.m. Eastern. To join as a caller, dial area code 313 Radical. To join as a listener or view the live stream, visit the Catholic Alpha Radical Live Facebook page or visit CatholicAlpha.com for Catholic marriage help that actually works. Bang.